Welcome to Sound More, the official podcast of Indiana University's Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology, where we talk about recent scholarship, ideas, current happenings, and many other interesting tidbits. I'm Amanda Lou. And I'm David McDonald. Today on SoundLore, PhD student Isaiah Green speaks with the founders of the Diverse Environmentalisms Research Team. Dr. John McDowell, Professor of Folklore, Dr. Rebecca Dirksen, Associate Professor of Ethnomusicology, and Dr. Sue Tui, Senior Lecturer Emerita, are each based here in the IU Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology. The Diverse Environmentalisms Research Team brings attention to how societies around the world have been negatively impacted by environmental degradation and climate change. The members of the team research local epistemologies and indigenous knowledges with a focus on expressive culture and traditional practices as they inspire and ground environmental activism. Today's podcast, we will be going over kind of the history of the diverse environmentalisms research team. Uh, My name is Isaiah Green. I am a PhD student here at the uh, Indiana University in the Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology. Um, and I am here with the three kind of original members of DIRT, as we uh, kind of funnily call the team. Dr. McDowell, how about you start us off? Sure, Isaiah. Yeah, thanks for getting us going here. Yeah, I'm John McDowell, professor here in the Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology. I'm coming to you from Bloomington, Indiana, where there's a little bit of snow on the ground, even though it's the middle of April. And uh, yeah, I've been involved in this DIRT uh, project all along the way. And very happy to sit together with my colleagues and share some of the history and also some of the future plans we might have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dr. Uh, Dirksen? Yes, hello. I am Rebecca Dirksen. I am uh, Associate Professor in the Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology here at IU. Um, I'm also joining you, though, from New Haven, Connecticut, as I've been on sabbatical leave this year at the Institute of Sacred Music at Yale University. And uh, so I'm really delighted for this opportunity to be able to reminisce and um, imagine directions for the future with um, my esteemed colleagues. Thank you. And Dr. Tui. Hi, thank you, Isaiah. It's a pleasure to be here um, with everyone on Zoom. I'm Sue Tui, and I'm just retired from the faculty of the Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology last May. So, um, but I continue to remain active in the Diverse Environmentalisms Project. Thank goodness, because it's been a wonderful activity and uh, stimulating intellectually as well as socially. So it's good to be here. Great. So I guess the the first topic I would like to start off with is um, a little bit more for the history. So, for people outside of DIRT, they, they might not know where DIRT started, what the original concept was, how everything kind of came into existence with this project. Yeah, let me, uh, maybe I can start this. Uh, so yeah, we actually have an origin story, uh, which mm-hmm. is, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a kind of a fun one. And that is that um, at a faculty retreat several years ago, uh, we uh, broke into groups who uh, uh, looked at a number of themes. First, we brainstormed some themes of interest uh, to folklorists and ethnomusicologists, and then people went and gathered around those themes. I remember there, there was one on belief that drew a number of the folklorists, and I, I don't remember all of them, but one of them was cultural sustainability. And uh, it uh, just happened to be that I sat down at a table with uh, uh, Rebecca and Sue. It was just the three of us. And we started brainstorming 
about cultural sustainability. And uh, it was a nice conversation. Uh, we, we seemed to um, have uh, some things to share, uh, some ideas started to percolate. And uh, um, out of that uh, conversation at a faculty retreat, uh, we started just exchanging occasional emails, uh, you know, well, I saw this, you know, and uh, oh, what about this idea that was related to some things we were talking about? And next thing you know, uh, the conversation gathered uh, a, a little bit of momentum and um, obviously has, uh, has, has shown some sustainability in its own right. I remember that meeting so well. I joined um, the group because the only members of the group sitting at the table at that time were Rebecca and John. And I felt sorry that there were only two of them. Um, so what I felt from the start, I think is a key principle of DIRT as it developed. And that's the idea of collaboration. Because as soon as I sat down and we began to talk, um, I hadn't really thought of my research as being centrally involved with some of the questions, with the idea of sustainability. Um, but as began, we began to talk and share ideas and you know build off of each other, it became clear that not only did my research relate to it, but did so many, so many other students and faculty members in our department, I felt. Um, I mean, we, we quickly moved from the idea of, of sustainability through resilience and some other terms. Um, so we got to this notion of, of expressive culture and how people, people's worldviews and ways of being, um, the relationship between those and their natural and other kinds of environments, including spiritual environments. And so things began to mushroom out um, in terms of the, uh, the, the directions that this project could go in and how many of our, uh, how many people's research could fit in with it. And that was one of our goals all along and we just mushroomed from there um, to include people outside of our department and other universities and so on. And I think collaboration is probably one of the most attractive things to me about this project, um, working with others and you know everybody has such good ideas all, all the time. Looking back, that was probably my favorite moment in a faculty meeting um, as I've been at any institution. And so that says something to, I think, the quality of conversation that we were able to um, generate um, just spontaneously at that moment. Um, but really, this was um, a time where I was excited coming back from um, a long period of research in Haiti over the summer, having first encountered um, the master drum maker, Charles Charlesenet, um, having um, thought, um, thought extensively about deforestation and realizing that this was going to be um, a major area of research for me. And um, John and, and Sue were really great about being um, enthusiastic and supportive for me to continue um, in this direction. And so I think having that space of encouragement is really crucial and something that as faculty, as um, you know, uh, students, that we all really um, want to bring as kind of a central mission of DIRT. And so, you know, having that as kind of the space of origin and um, this is our, our beginning story, I think is, is really powerful as, it's, as it really builds on um, the interests and concerns of um, people within our, our home uh, here within the department. So when you move, when you all moved forward from 
this kind of like origins, like this meeting, exchanging these emails about sustainability and the ideas kind of growing through um, a variety of different topics and theories that have gone on in environmentalisms. Um, I'm curious what led to the symposium. So I, collaboration seems to be a big part, but how did you organize it? It seems like a, um, a potentially difficult thing to do. Um, and just like kind of putting out the feelers of who might be interested in joining this conversation. Yeah, let me let me say this, uh, Isaiah, that uh, as our conversation progressed uh, over the months after that faculty retreat, it was uh, almost surprising to me, a little bit surprising, how easy it was to think of colleagues, both here at Indiana University and other departments and in our department too, and also around the country, whose work is very conversant with the, the things we were, we were thinking about together. Um, so it, it, it seemed like it just, I, I can't say it happened automatically because um, it, that's not right, but it just wasn't difficult to start to, uh, to, to gather a cluster of, uh, I, I can say sort of like-minded um, colleagues uh, in folklore studies, in ethnomusicology and in a few, uh, you know, other adjacent fields um, and, and rally uh, together around these, uh, these kinds of issues. And as Sue said, the thing kind of started to mushroom out, but, um, but really the, uh, the, the sort of uh, thread that held it all together was a, a dedication to focusing on expressive culture being in the middle of all of these things. But uh, I mean, we got some support. I don't know, maybe uh, Sue probably remembers better than I do. We, we got, uh, I think, was it New Frontiers? We got a little money and we got some people together. Remind me, yeah. Sue, you're, you're good well, at the sort of thing. Remember what we did is because we had so many colleagues, uh, well, I'll back up one step. We came up with this idea of diverse environmentalism. And that's a key concept. The, the idea that we don't all think about our relationships with the environment, a, a, a term itself that's open to a lot of diverse understandings. We, we think about them differently in different parts of the world and we experience things differently. Um, so we wanted to make sure we had colleagues that worked in different parts of the world with different groups of people. Um, and that wasn't hard um, to find people like that in folklore and ethnomusicology. Um, of course, all of us were dealing with expressive culture and just by the nature of our fields, but many people were already dealing with um, the impacts of environmental degradation on various communities throughout the world. Many of us were dealing with how different groups of people within different places were becoming active or had been active for quite some time in countering those. So I, I think uh, like Jen said, it wasn't difficult to find people. We did, the difficulty was, of course, we had to find some money. Um, and we did, IU was very generous uh, with that, very, various offices, um, including the, uh, the College of Arts and Sciences Humanities Institute. Um, so we held a meeting with the first, what we called the DIRT team. Um, the Diverse Environmentalisms Research Team. Here at IU, it, we invited um, about seven colleagues from different universities. And just as in our first meeting with Rebecca and John and I, um, we had that same kind of synergy 
the same kind of supporting of each other, but also building off of each other, getting new ideas. Um, and I think it was probably at that meeting we decided to have a symposium um, so that we, but, but in the meantime, we were working with each other, sharing ideas and so on before we got to the symposium in order to be able to have that kind of collaboration. In fact, we even read a book about collaboration. <laughs> remember that? So, yeah. But that, I remember that meeting as well as being very exciting. It was a several day meeting and we also got to go out and eat and talk and drink and talk and um, got a lot of ideas out. Yeah, I think it might have been in the month of May, and and that's a nice month here in Bloomington. And just before we get to Rebecca's uh, recollections on this, I do want to uh, stipulate for the record that it was Sue who came up with the term diverse environmentalisms. And I, I don't know Was where it? you... Yeah, you Are were, you sure? Am I right about that? I, I kind of well, remember. So one of the things I've noticed is that as I read things, I begin to... I, I've forgotten who said what, because because of that collaboration of working together with each other. It's like we did it. Um, the word we comes up far more often, I think, than any other word um, as we're talking together. But Although in a contrary I, spirit, I will stake a personal I first person singular pronoun to the term D-E-R-T, dirt. Because <laughs> uh, I just, I, I remember that it was just funny and we all sort of liked it. And here it is, we're still, we're still using it. I remember about that um, conference, um, just the tremendous uh, interest among our students. We had a huge turnout um, and that for me was one of the most encouraging moments and a time when I recognized that this was um, filling uh, a need for um, both our graduate and undergraduate students. And so that was, that was kind of a, a moment that prof propelled me forward into thinking that this was worth continuing long beyond the conference. Well, even as the three of us, John and Rebecca and I were talking in the beginning, it wasn't just about our research, our individual research, or our collaborative research, but it was also about um, the students with whom we were working, what they were working on. It was about teaching new courses. We all develop new courses, not just at IU, but at other universities because of the DIRT project. Um, it was also about public um, activities um, and outreach activities, such as the museum exhibit that Rebecca was the center um, in that organizing a wonderful museum exhibit um, of the drums and so on. So it was a multi-pronged project. Um, and again, you know, that, that generated, it both generated interest, but it seemed to fill that need that Rebecca just mentioned of, of, of other people saying, oh, I see um, other people are working on this topic. We can join in with them. So from the, from the symposium and like kind of thinking about moving forward from there and you, you knew that you wanted to keep the the group moving forward the these kind of projects and initiatives what was um what was kind of the planning like at that time did you foresee anything at that time that you wanted you knew you wanted to do as a group or what kind of happened moving forward because i know um there'll probably be a future podcast episode on the book so I'm curious about how it went from, you know, the symposium to the kind of book phase and some of these other other uh, more like public sector kind of projects as well. 
Yeah, let, let me uh, let me say a word or two about the symposium because that was really a uh, uh, a highlight, I think, uh, and in some sense a culmination of our initial uh, conversations. So that was back in March of 2017. It was called Performing Diverse Environmentalism's Expressive Culture at the Crux of Ecological Change. And um, it was really nice. It, symposiums are great. Uh, Rebecca used the word conference, but, but, there's a, but I draw a distinction. A conference can be a sort of large amorphous gathering where there are too many people and you can't, you know, you can't really focus. But a symposium is nice. And, and that's what we wanted to do. Uh, so we had a symposium where you could go to all, we all went to each other's papers. Uh, there were no simultaneous events. We had the Dean, remember Larry Singel came mm -hmm. and sort of launched it uh, with us. And then uh, we had several colleagues, um, I think primarily from the anthropology department. Well, no, David Springer came in from uh, second language acquisition. And um, anyway, we had colleagues from IU serve as sort of the um, discussants and, um, you know, uh, people who attended uh, to, to the panels uh, in that way. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was really uh, a wonderful experience. As, as Sue said earlier, we had, um, there was there was socializing that that uh, went on around it in the evenings. And um, it was just a real uh, high, uh, a high plateau, I feel, uh, that we reached. Very stimulating, uh, very inspiring, not only to, I think, us, the three of us who were in the middle of making things happen, but really to everybody. And we had colleagues come in from, uh, you know, uh, West Coast, East Coast, and in between. And um, yeah, so uh, so that really launched us, I think, in terms of we've got something, uh, you know, solid here and something very uh, worthwhile to continue working on. And so many of our students throughout this process, we also applied for, of course, funding to do these activities. And several of our graduate students at different points in time were instrumental in working with us. I can, I can picture Claire Wright um, at our the first big dirt meeting before the symposium, um, working with us, and then later, certainly in the conference, we had in the symposium we had multiple graduate students working with us, um, not just on you know on organizing things, but also on matters of content and so on, and attending our dinners with us, and so and, and so on and so forth. But it was kind of clear at that point, I think at the conference, having listened to each other's papers, that we should make this more permanently public, uh, public um, through a published volume, um, right? That's, I mean, once you hear those papers and you say, oh, these need to be published so that other people can see them and read them and so on. Yeah. So in terms of um, in terms of the book and this uh, the the concept of um, diverse environmentalisms, I'm wondering if you all could talk a little bit more too about um, these you know the the research that's gone on with this team and how it places folklore and ethnomusicology in this broader conversation of environmentalism that's taking place on a very like large interdisciplinary level. Um, certainly right now. Might be interesting to hear Rebecca um, get us started on this one with all the all all the connections to eco musicology and and some things happening over in, in, in that part of the world. As I think off the top of my head about this, um, I think it 
really draws me back to wrestling with the, the concepts of ecomusicology and um, environmentalisms and sustainability. Um, I think at the time, especially that we were organizing, um, cultural sustainability was a huge buzzword. And you know, since then there have been increasing critiques. And so to take us back to um, some of what Sue was raising a little bit earlier in this conversation, I think, um, I think it, it provided us with the space to really kind of inquire, okay, so when we're um, wrestling with the various ontological experiences of our, our partners, of our colleagues, of um, you know, the people that we care about, um, what are the best ways to really try to put things in words? We know that when we verbalize, that has a, an effect of sometimes kind of ossifying or sometimes making overly concrete um, the, the effects that we're seeing. And that can often have kind of a detrimental impact. And so I think what we were trying to do was open up the space to be a little bit more encompassing. Now, again, there's still challenges with this, this notion of diverse environmentalisms that we could all come up with. But I think that the impetus for our research as a group was tried to say, well, there are, there are movements within both folklore and ethnomusicology that are really trying to wrestle with this. And so how can we contribute to this in the, the most um, welcoming way possible? And so I think that allowed us then to see that, you know, words like um, sustainability was just becoming overly um, diffuse or really organized around this anthrop anthropocentric framing um, that was a little bit too rigid for um, many of the, um, for example, sacred experiences that people were having, or it was really um, not encompassing of um, non-human um, beings. And we wanted to include that in our conversation as well. Um, furthermore, I think um, I was particularly concerned with um, the um, conversations about like extractive capitalist um, modernity neoliberalism um, and the impacts that that was having and, and at the time wasn't yet being explored quite as much um, within conversations of ecomusicology. So I wanted to see more of that within our spaces. Um, and then I think um, finally, as I was looking around and, you know, not wanting to seem overly pessimistic, but you know, with that, that term sustainability, when I look around at the world right now, you know, I don't know that sustainability is something that I want to see. I mean, I don't think it's wholly adequate. I think that I'm more interested in regenerative processes or um, restorative justice or, you know, really re-engaging with critiques of capitalism and its limits and its very, very real impacts on, on people's lives and well-beings. And so I think that as a group with DIRT, this was opening up the space to be able to get into these very challenging critiques that um, were beginning to come into play, but we're still yet um, at that time, um, a number of years ago, um, you know, more on kind of the, that um, introductory incline. And so I think we wanted to be able to contribute to those conversations um, with what we were doing collectively. I think an, another um, 
prong of this project was the contribution to what were at that time, what was at that time a rather new area, environmental humanities. Um, it is funny to think back that these, just in a few years, that these have become far more central. But And what were the contributions uh, that ethnomusicologists and folklorists could make? And in many ways, although the topic may be as a, a, a coherent and cogent topic of uh, diverse environmentalism, that may be rather new. I think the core, some of the core ideas and research methodologies and so on, um, we highlight them throughout our work that have been central to folklore and ethnomusicology all along, such as ethnographic research, long-term, um, here I'm gonna use the word sustained, <laughs> but long-term sustained relationships, working with people in um, different parts of the world or among different groups. The idea that we listen to people and, and document what people say and do, um, finding ways, um, of course, people hear them um, in their own communities um, and in other ways, but another way to, to help spread these ideas is through writing and through research and teaching, um, making other people's uh, ideas even more broadly known. So I think one time, oh, I often think about these enduring issues of humanity. Um, and I think our project in many ways addresses many enduring issues of community, of people often place, um, caring for place, caring for community, um, and allowing for difference. Um, one of the things about capitalism, particularly neoliberal capitalism or advanced capitalism, is that it there's a tendency to standardize things, to make them the same. And whereas folklorists and ethnomusicologists had tended to, to um, notice and pay attention to and value the differences um, among peoples and places and ideas and expressive cultures and songs and everything throughout the world. And so that's been, those have been central ideas too, I think, to our project. So in terms of um, where you kind of all see like dirt and <clears throat> kind of trying to negotiate some of these more difficult concepts, um, some that don't quite fit um, and, and how folklore and ethnomusicology fits in with this larger um, set of topics, uh, problems that people are trying to address. I'm wondering what you all kind of see as futures uh, for DIRT. Where do you see DIRT kind of going um, as a group into the future? I mean, I, I know that there's, um, you've all mentioned a lot of student engagement. I know that there's the book that's going to be coming out in the fall, but I'm wondering what some potential formulations for initiatives concepts are for moving forward and how DIRT sees itself in this kind of space. Well, let me let me get started with that. Uh, we'll we'll definitely want to hear from Rebecca, who is uh, going to step forward as our new leader. Uh, but but let me just say that uh, in the very uh, short uh, horizon here, uh, in the future, uh, of course, we're uh, looking forward to the book becoming a uh, a thing uh, in the world, and uh, that's uh, scheduled to happen in September. So uh, not too far off. We we got the index today, so. Uh, 
it's uh, the pieces are falling into place. Um, but the, you know, we 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 do hope that the book will attract some attention, and that the the the, the topics that are addressed there, uh, and 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 are addressed from uh, you know really a very wide uh, a global perspective, um, that that this will have some uh, some influence and will uh, arouse a, a certain amount of uh, uh, attention. And one one immediate thing that we're doing, uh, Sue and I are participating in this at the um, annual meeting of the American Folklore Society uh, this coming October, uh, we're planning to do a forum. And uh, we brought together some of the other uh, authors in the book, uh, Jeff Todd Titan is involved, Rory Turner, um, Mary Hufford and Katie Borland, uh, Sue and myself. Um, and we're gathering around the topic of right relations, which is uh, an, an interesting concept. Uh, it, it obviously has, uh, very expansive uh, possibilities, and I think each of us will be coming at it in, uh, you know, from from different angles. Uh, in in my case, I think right relations is a an interesting kind of a parallel to the Andean concept of uh, uh, sumac causai or buen vivir or uh, living uh, in uh, a spiritual life, and um, uh, so so uh, I'll, I'll bring some of that in, and I'm sure you know each of the members of the uh, forum will have a, a an angle to explore around this theme of right relations and it's i think that's just one example of of how the the, the fertile ground that we've uh, you know established here uh in this collection of essays uh in this book performing environmentalisms um which illinois university of illinois press is uh getting ready to uh, to, to to release I think that ground uh, leads to many possibilities for you know, other themes and uh, different threads uh, uh, that can take us into lots of interesting places. And all along um, for the past how many years? Um, six, is that right? Uh, we've been, for instance, doing panels at ethnomusicology and folklore meetings and so on. Um, we've been having local events, uh, lectures, it's, it's only in this pandemic Zoom world that um, these have been going online. We've also discussed many times um, getting together a panel for uh, conferences outside of our fields, because of course it's one thing to talk to each other among people who already would think more like a folklorist or an ethnomusicologist, and another thing to go to one of these really intensely interdisciplinary conferences with scientists, climate change scientists and so on. Um, several of our DIRT, or at least one of our DIRT team members in particular does work across what people would call boundaries between the harder sciences and um, humanities and social sciences. So there are so many directions working together, but also individuals within our group. I, and of course, I think a lot of the future is gonna be determined by the people who are students now or who have been students the last few years um, because they'll be the leaders in the future of this project. Yeah, so Rebecca, do you have a, a well-organized portfolio for the, uh, let's say, Rebecca's five-year plan? <laughs> well, I don't know that I would want to advance something like that right now, but I want to build on something that Sue said and that I think for um, me, the idea is that dirt is something that takes um, direction according to those who are actively wanting to participate. And so 
you know, its, its form, its structure is really defined by those we have in our community at any given moment, which means that there's a degree of fluidity that we want to keep here. And really, I think that's ideal. I mean, I, I believe in fostering these, um, these groups, these organizations that are nimble and responsive um, to the needs and interests of the moment. Um, and so that means that we'll be able to continue building um, with the interests of our students and really invest in their scholarship um, by making spaces for presentation and conversation so that we can perhaps collaboratively help to um, workshop um, these ideas and their research projects and maybe help to um, deal with some of the complicated questions and obstacles that inevitably come up through that research process, um, including perhaps especially the tricky ones around ethics um, in research, which is um, really a big priority for me. Um, I think, um, you know, second, I think it is I'm looking um, at uh, what we're, we're managing right now. Um, as of the end of this academic uh, year, both Sue and John will have retired. Um, Sue already and John at the end of this year. And so while they're hopefully going to be um, remained involved with us moving forward and are, of course, um, you know, cherished as founding members and leaders in this group, um, we are, however, losing the classes that they um, taught for our department. And so I see it as, you know, a, a moment of possibility where we can perhaps encourage other colleagues um, in designing um, courses and providing the support that they need, um, should that be of interest um, to them. Um, I think also um, looking a little bit more conceptually, um, within the frame of diverse environmentalisms, I'd really like to see a lot more consideration of black and indigenous ecologies. There's a vibrant conversation going on in that realm right now that I'd like to draw in. Caribbean ecologies, which is something that um, has really helped to push me along that I'd like to have um, brought more into this space, um, Asian ecologies, et cetera, just really bringing this um, uh, into being as a point of encounter, a point of caring encounter. Um, and all of that together, I think, really um, directs us toward um, a greater focus on environmental justice. And um, I think as we think about what that might mean in practicality for what we can realistically accomplish within the space is to beyond the university setting. So beyond all of the um, edited volumes and the conference um, participation, um, to think about how we can be um, uh, involved within the larger community here in Bloomington, for example, and beyond, you know, in our respective research spaces. So, you know, that means, you know, what, um, what projects, initiatives, um, gatherings can we um, become involved with um, here um, as we go about our daily lives as scholars, but also as um, members of the broader community. Um, and at the same time, how can we bring in um, people who have been deeply engaged in environmental activism, but may not have the formal academic credentials, um, you know, how can we bring them into the university space as valued and uh, trusted research um, partners um, who, um, whose experience and wisdom is really kind of guiding what it is that we're doing. So I'd like to see a lot more fluidity between um, academic spaces, um, public facing spaces. Um, and really I see that as kind of a, a movement for DIRT 
um, going forward, it seems to resonate with what a lot of our students are interested and committed to um, right now. And so we'll, we'll see what develops over the, the coming years. But um, I think this is all kind of articulating um, kind of both a personal practice and commitment that I hold with my own research, but I would like to see expand as well as we are moving forward with DIRT um, going forward. Yeah, that's 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 encouraging. I'm really delighted to hear the, all of that, Rebecca. And uh, I, I would point out that um, uh, Isaiah has uh, helped us. Uh, 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 he's been really the impetus to set up this um, this student symposium that we're doing later this month, and and it's focused on environmental justice and expressive culture. So it it, it captures one of those uh, kinds of tendencies that uh, that you just mentioned, uh, Rebecca. Let me say that. Uh, this uh, dirt conversation that uh, has been sustained now for uh, six years, according to Sue's reckoning, um, has been uh, really uh, a delightful uh, component of, of my own life over the last uh, over this period of time. Um, the fact that we have some, uh, you know, concrete achievements to uh, to, to show for it is uh, is a nice dividend. Uh, the book, but also, as Sue said, the um, the courses and our our connection to the environmental program uh, at Indiana University uh, through the courses, we've been able to attract uh, you know students to come over from uh, you know uh, SPIA and so forth to uh, to to work with us, and uh, that's I consider that another accomplishment. I hope it can go forward with some of the other faculty we have, as Rebecca suggests. You know, uh, uh, you know, Brandon. Uh, Barker and uh, Julianne Graper have been active with us uh, over the last couple of years, and um, there may be others. I I, I had the chance to read uh, Solimar Otero's uh, new book, and uh, 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 the the archives of Conjure, and she has a whole thing in there about spiritual ecology. I think we need to go talk to Solimar. It's 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 been very rewarding, uh, stimulating. And um, this has been a nice event. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Isaiah, for uh, you know getting this conversation going and um, allowing us to, uh, I, I guess, in a sense, in, 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 uh, install a kind of a, um, a, a record here of uh, things that we've tried to do, some things that have happened, and maybe some things that can happen in the future. Uh, I'd like to add my thanks to really everyone in this in this team. So John and Sue and Isaiah and Amanda Lewick, who is behind the scenes managing everything for us. Um, I'm just immensely grateful to have um, great colleagues and students who are incredibly devoted to matters of the environment and environmental justice. It's a great space to be in. One, one tries to read widely as a scholar and a teacher, but with the dirt, one reads very carefully, especially the 17th time through an article in an edited volume. And you learn about other parts of the world. You learn about not only the way that the author's thinking, but that author's interactions with various people with whom they worked. And it always reminds me um, of, there are a number of these initiatives. I remember one at least 20 years ago, I think it was called the Native Web. It was a website that was trying to bring together various indigenous or native peoples throughout the world to work on issues of common concern, um, common value. 
Um, then more and more of these websites started up. Um, they started to have conferences, them, uh, these groups. Um, the Circumpolar Peoples, for instance, had a number of them facing um, facing the changing water, uh, various kinds of situations from flooding to um, not having the right kind of water and ice. And, and I think about the same way with dirt in a way. Um, it's that idea of coming together around, it's true, a loosely defined set of common concerns, but concerns to people throughout the world. And it, it's meaningful personally, as well as um, professionally, I guess, if there's a distinction between the two, probably there isn't. Um, I think it's just been valuable in terms, of, I can see everyone's faces at conferences. Um, I can see their faces as I read their words. Um, I can see the faces of the people with whom they work and hear their words. It, it's been a really meaningful activity. Um, teaching is also a collaborative environment, but for some reason, this dirt, this dirt project that's brought together so many different kinds of activities and people has been really a great thing, I think, um, for me, at least, and it seems to be for others as well. Yeah, maybe I, I just leave a, a parting thought that um, in, in my own work, this, uh, this idea of eco-sovereignty is um, rising up as something that connects a lot of threads and including a lot of indigenous peoples who are staking a kind of a claim to, I guess you could call it a curatorship or a stewardship over their land. Uh, so I, I, I think that uh, something that we can keep an eye on going forward. Sound Lore is an official production of the Department of Folklore and Ethnomusicology at Indiana University, produced by David McDonald and Amanda Luke. Music by Pagliacci and some other clowns. Engineered by Amanda Luke. Questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes? Leave us a message at 812-855-0396. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Sound Lore on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.